you're entering the wind tunnel. No spin, no bull, just jack. Wind Tunnel is brought to you by Advance Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of NASCAR. Here's your host, Jack Aroot. After a quick one-week summer break, Wind Tunnel is back, and I'm delighted that you've decided to check in. Now, this week's guest list includes a 15-year-old female short tracker, an IndyCar driver from Canada who mentors teens and the leader of Toyota's massive U.S. motorsports programs. Dalton Kellett will stop by as he and the rest of the IndyCar Brigade get ready to tackle the Worldwide Technology Raceway this weekend outside St. Louis. Kellett is part of A.J. Foyt's two-car operation, and when he's not driving, this Canadian is on TikTok and other social media encouraging youngsters to embrace the STEM curriculum. 15-year-old Katie Hettinger has already found her way into the record books at Hickory Motor Speedway. Her five late model wins at Hickory make her the winningest female driver in the track's 75-year history. I'll check in with Katie and get the dope on what's next for this super-fast young lady. The acronym TRD stands for Toyota Racing Development. TRD's David Wilson drops in, and he explains why Toyota was the very first OEM to jump headlong into driver development. He'll also share his thoughts on Toyota, Ford, and Chevy's collaboration in NASCAR's next-gen cup car, as well as why the upcoming next-gen engine package will offer those same OEMs some leeway in spotlighting their individual technologies. But before we get to all of that, Let's catch you up on this past weekend's action. First up is PRN's at the track, Lenny Patiki, with his weekly roundup of NASCAR's Advanced Auto Parts weekly series action. Thanks a lot, Jack. This is your NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series Report. We'll start in Minnesota at Elko Speedway. Billy Bond and Jacob Gody getting wins. Jason Agugliero wins at Riverhead Raceway in New York, while over at Bethel Motor Speedway, it was Ed Dockenhausen. Mackenzie Dietz won the Superstock Figure 8 at Evergreen Speedway in Washington, while at Magic Valley Speedway in Idaho, Patrick Gold and Tim Farner got victories. Terrell Daffron and Dalton Christiani the same at Meridian. Bowman Grace. Stadium, North Carolina, Burt Myers and Jonathan Brown modified wins, while a couple of hot young guns, Connor Zilich and Brent Cruz, won at Hickory Motor Speedway. Wake County to Carson Hayslip, win number seven on the season for veteran Barry Audie at Jennerstown Speedway in Pennsylvania, while Grandview was grooving for Brett Cressley. Kevin Cantor won his career 100th victory at Kingsport Speedway in Tennessee, Irwindale Speedway in California to Lenny White, Jalen Hardbar got the checkers at Salina High Banks in Kansas, Motor Mile Speedway in Virginia, Derek Lancaster and Kyle Dudley split the victories while Peyton Sellers won both goes at Dominion Raceway Rockford Speedway in Illinois to Jake Gilly, Mark Jennison wins at Seekonk Speedway in Massachusetts Tucson Speedway in Arizona to Nick O'Neill, 
Timothy Wenzel wins at Monadnock Speedway in New Hampshire, while at Lee USA, it's Ernie Coates, Connor Souza, a winner at Hudson, and at Claremont, it was Joey Dwyron. Austin Paul wins at Iowa's Adams County Speedway, while Evan Schottko wins the Battle at Berlin Raceway. Madison International Speedway in Wisconsin to Penn Sauter. Michael Hager and Mike Carlson winners at Lacrosse. Colorado National falls to Jance Hansen, while up in Canada at RPM Speedway it was Troy Burkett, while Jeff Cote wins at Autodrome Chartier. That's your NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series report. Thanks for having us, Jack. We'll see you next time. Saturday, Richmond Raceway hosted the second race of the Camping World Truck Series Round 1 playoffs. And like so many truck races before, a driver that dominated most of the race was forced to survive a late race restart to earn the victory. And on the verge of becoming a winner It'll be his third win of the season and his fourth career victory. Chandler Smith wins at Richmond. Said he was fortunate to finish fourth last year. They said they didn't have that good of a truck. Well, there was no luck in this one tonight. It was pure domination for Chandler Smith. I don't know if there's anybody that's had a better couple weeks than you. You become a new dad a little over a week ago. Today, you check into the next round of the playoffs with a absolutely dominant performance. You got the lead at the end of stage one and never look back. Like you just said, I'm a daddy now. My wife, um, she had such an amazing labor and delivery. We have an amazing, beautiful baby boy at home. Honey, this is for you. Junior, this is for you as well. I can't wait to get home to you guys tonight. Um, I have an incredible group behind me with KBM. It's just, um, <laughs> I'm taking this in. I don't know what I've done to deserve it, but I'm gonna soak it in and keep them give, giving all glory to the Lord. One week ago at Michigan Speedway, Kevin Harvick ended his winless run, taking the checkers in Michigan's Irish Hills. So when the green flag flew at Richmond on Sunday, few thought that Harvick could double up, but double up he did. And the closer added Richmond to his 2022 win list. Two laps to go. No cars in between the top two. Here comes Bell. Half a second that lap. Christopher Bell makes up a half a second on Kevin Harvick with Harvick dealing with traffic. Harvick not able to completely clear the 42. It's your mark. You'll be fine. It slowed him down a little more. The 20 within striking distance. Now one lap to go. Kevin Harvick. No traffic. The 20 has closed the gap. He's within five car lengths of Kevin Harvick as they come to the final turn. Bell, just not enough time. Kevin Harvick is going to win at Richmond. He goes back to back. Yeah, boys, great job. Great job. Like I said uh, last week, I mean, the cars have been running good week in and week out, and you see... And we have a lot better understanding of, of what's going on with how we did adjust it on the car after the first run. And, and we're able to, um, you know, get our car handling a lot better. And I think as it got dark, um, the racetrack really came to our mobile one Ford Mustang. So did you see Christopher Bell coming and were you getting a little bit worried there? Well, I knew he was coming, but I forgot to shift down the front straightaway the last time. I was, yeah. I was not paying attention and he got closer than he should have. So um, I made a mistake there a couple laps doing the, doing the same thing. Uh, I wasn't shifted on the back, and I was shifted in the front, so there was a lot going on, and I uh, made a couple mistakes to let him get too close. So, there you have it. Let's begin with this week's guest, shall we? First up is IndyCar driver Dalton Kelly, and you will hear from him 
Hey, car lovers, at Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one. This is how we advance. I'm Jimmy Johnson, and you're listening to Jackaroots Wind Tunnel. Well, joining me now inside the wind tunnel, he is an IndyCar veteran, and he's part of probably one of the most iconic race teams, the A.J. Foyt Racing Team that Dalton Kellett, who is our guest, and Kyle Kirkwood populate in 2022. Dalton, you just came back from a test, getting ready for uh, Gateway this weekend, so what did you and the Foyt team learn that's got you excited? Yeah, we had a pretty good test at Gateway um, last week, and it was uh, it was it was a really productive. You know, that's a, that's a tricky track with the uh, the difference between one and two and three and four. You know, one two is tight and pretty banked. Three four is a little more wider radius but flatter. Uh, so it's it's a tricky one to drive. So I was happy that we just got a chance to go run there. Uh, kind of we'll be able to hit the ground running. We went through. A couple of different like big configurations and with our five five sets of firestones for the day did a number of qualifying sims uh one of the ones we tried at the second last run on new tires wasn't wasn't the ticket and i, I almost put it in the wall um luckily we managed to collect it and we, we went went back to the pad and um tried some stuff out that was working for kyle and 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 that went really great for us uh, just some kind of damper work and um springs and all that just the normal normal setup stuff but but i think we've really got a good uh a good handle on where we want to start the race cars so that'll be that'll be exciting uh in a in in a few days here you know in the last couple of weeks it's been kind of a red letter time for dalton kellett um not only your performance and qualifying moving up and just all of a sudden it's it's as if the confidence light bulb went on or you caught the confidence bus, um, you know, from your standpoint, how, how do you see the last couple of outings in the, uh, in the Floyd IndyCar? Yeah, I think it's really, uh, you know, it's definitely a time to strike, right? We've, uh, we, we, we did have a, have, have a really good qualifying performance at music city Grand Prix in Nashville. Obviously the race, uh, didn't go the way we wanted, just got caught up in that, in that accordion effect and was one of those cars that got, that got collected there. But, um, you know, I think we're sort of hitting our stride a little bit better than, than we had been. And from my end, it's just showing up to the track ready and ready to execute and go, go have a good race. We had a good race at Gateway last year. So hopefully we can repeat that and uh, finish the year strong. So from your perspective, what do you want to accomplish this weekend behind the keyboard of that K-Line Honda? Uh, the keyboard. <laughs> Got the, uh, the simulator car. Um I've, uh, you know, I, I really want to start the weekend um, with, a, you know, just strong runs in practice, get some, you know, get some good laps under our belt, have some, have some good times and, you know, just be ready to go for qualifying. Qualifying is so important in these races. I mean, last year, Gateway was pretty wild. So we were able to move up, um, you know, both with passes and then kind of collecting some positions with people, people making mistakes. 
But if you start towards the front, it just makes your life a lot easier. So really having a good qualifying run is, is number one item. And then from there, just kind of being smart in the race and, you know, doing, doing everything right, pit stops and all that. And from there we can, we, I think we really know we have a good race car that we can compete here. So just hitting all the, hitting all the high marks and, and, and doing my job basically. You know, I'm glad you brought up the point that, you know, qualifying is so important and running up front and that's where the focus on television always is. But if the mid pack runners, which I would, you know, most of the time categorize you and, your teammate as um, the, the, it strikes me that that's even more hectic. That's even more chaotic because there's, there's a take no prisoners attitude and you're all, you're all dice slicing and dicing in every corner. Yeah. And that was, you know, starting 12th at Nashville, which is my, my highest uh, road course or like a street course starting position that definitely got a taste of that aggression level further up the field. And it's just, you can't, yeah, you, know, you, when people give it to you, you gotta have to give it back. Right. And there was a lot of bumping and rubbing during the race and, you know, Colton and I kind of got into it down and down in turn four there. And it wasn't like we were, you know, you're not trying to take anybody out or do anything stupid, but at the same time, you're trying to get through all these corners side by side. And especially on a street circuit there, it's, 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 you know, it can just get a little bit tight. Um, so you just have to be, you have to be elbows out, but you also can't be stupid, right? Because you have to finish the race. Um, and that's, you know, you, you don't want to get, it's, it's better to lose one spot than to, you know, take yourself out to try to, you know, fight tooth and nail for a spot that, you know, when you know someone's obviously faster than you. Um, but in that mid pack, you know, I, I really think whether you're 10th to first or you're, you know, 20th to, to 10th, you're fighting for every position in IndyCar and that's just the level of competition right now um, that, that we're seeing, which is awesome for awesome for the fans. And it's lots of fun for us, but it, but it, it definitely makes it hard. Okay. I'm going to give you the IndyCar magic wand, right? You have it. You can wave it across the, uh, you know, the, the, your car or your crew or yourself. If you could have one, I'll give you a genie in the bottle. What are you going to ask the genie for? What would you, if, in your wildest dreams and don't tell me, well, I want to win. Tell me something that would make the team better, make your performances better. I mean, the, you know, the, the one you hear most often is, is the dampers and kind of working that, you know, and, and figuring that out. But the reality is that, you know, I think the, the dampers are super important. And if, and on a given weekend, sure. If, if we stole a set of dampers from one of the Pensy cars and, and threw them on our car, it, it would, it would probably be better, but it's how it evolves over the weekend. Right. So, um, and I think, you know, we are one of the smaller teams. Um, so I just, you know, from, from a team standpoint, I think it's more just resources overall, right. More engineers, a bit more, a bit more personnel and, and, and all that. I think that's the, that's the key thing. You, you know, you, ha you have to have the good parts, but you have to have the, you know, the right kind of setup as far as personnel to take advantage of that. And then from my end, I mean, a little bit, I guess a little bit more, consistency and, and qualifying performance from 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 my side of things let's go outside the cockpit let's get away from the racetrack because you have been doing and engaged in something that i think has been very admirable and, and that's your you know command of the social media and trying to encourage young people to uh, a understand what stem is but b not be afraid of it embrace it and pursue it as a passion tell me a little bit about that yeah, that's something that's really near and dear to my heart. You know, I, I just 
grew up, you know, racing go-karts and doing all that. And that was obviously, you know, really techie. And you know, it was one of those kids that, you know, played with Legos and took stuff apart. So always sort of knew I was going to be, be an engineer. So you weren't a nerd, <laughs> but you, you, you were an engineer in training, right? For, for sure. Yeah. I and mean, maybe I was a nerd because I, you know, I, I, I always loved Star Wars and all that kind of stuff and Lord of the Rings and, and, and all that. And I'm, you know, that's just, just who I am and what I like. And, you know, I think the, what, what I've really tried to do with this year to kind of, you know, again, with social media, just to freshen it up was to really kind of be more who I am on the, the STEM side and all, all, all the other stuff that I've been, that I've been talking about and vocal about. And, um, I, I've been really happy with the reception that I've had from, you know, lots of IndyCar fans from that, because, you know, for the, the kids that are into STEM and into that kind of stuff, it gives them someone to root for and someone that they can identify with. And with people who are, you know, long time, like I've, I've had tons of longtime fans come up and say, oh, you know, I love these TikToks that, that you're doing or these, these, you know, Twitter technical threads and all that, because it's stuff that, you know, they've heard on the broadcast or heard people talk about, but don't actually, haven't actually had a, a you know, a, a race engineer to sit down and explain it to them. Um, so opening up that side of the sport and seeing how interested people really are in it has, has been a lot of fun for me. Cause it's, I, I think in the past, I'd sort of assumed that that was, you know, that that content was captured only by the people who subscribe to like race car engineering, right. Which is, which is, which is, which is a really technical uh, publication. Um, and that, it wasn't necessarily going to apply to the broader race fan. And, and, and I, I'm very happy that I was wrong on that. And there's, there's tons of people who are really into it. So is there, is there a battle bot in your future? <laughs> I don't know about a battle bot. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely going to be lots of, you know, technical projects down, you know, down the line. And once, once, once the racing, thing wraps up whenever that is obviously K lines, you know, the family business and that's a manufacturing company. And that's, you know, a really compelling industry and some cool stuff that they're doing that, you know, in the future, I'm looking forward to being, to being, to being part of that. Um, in, in the off season this year, I actually built my own sort of star tracking telescope mount for taking pictures and all that. So I, I, I just like having cool little DIY projects and everything, you know? So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you are a little bit of a nerd. Oh, just just a but little bit, yeah. But you're you're a go fast guy, and wish you nothing but the very best. Go get it and uh, have another career best day when they drop the ragged gateway this weekend. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jack. Thanks. Coming up after the break. Here comes Landon Huffman. He sends it in. He gives a low tap to the back of Henninger, but he's not going to do it. Katie Henninger is going to pick up her fourth win at Hickory Motor Speedway. 15-year-old Katie Henninger is already filling up her trophy case, and she's on the fast track to a NASCAR professional career. You'll meet the Dryden, Michigan driver as she takes an advanced auto parts victory lap right after the break. Hey, car lovers, at Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one. This is how we advance. 
Man, this is for all those guys. Uh, there's a ton of them out there that, that are like me, that have won here, and all these great short tracks around here. We can do it. We just need the opportunities. Today proved it. Yeah, it's a short track, but it's still damn hard to win here, and we did it. They are hometown heroes, drivers who put their passion on the line in front of their friends. Here we go, 3-1, got Sellers up in the marble. Halfway home in this one. Off turn four, he heads to the checkered flag. Here comes Riggs! Riggs is back at it on the inside. Buckle up and hold on tight. Time now to focus the spotlight on hometown heroes with this week's Advance Auto Parts Victory Lap. Brought to you by the NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series. Driving local racing in local communities forward. Well, taking the victory lap in this episode of Wind Tunnel, a young woman that is already, as I said in the tease going to break, filled up her trophy case as uh, she is a multiple-time winner at the Hickory Motor Speedway, Katie Hettinger, who hails, by the way, from Michigan. Katie, that's a long haul each and every week. Yeah, it is. Tell me a little bit about how you got bit with the bug to pursue the possibility of a professional career in the NASCAR ranks? Um, well, my grandpa raced and so did my dad. So from a young age, I grew up at the racetrack. Um, I went to my first race when I was three weeks old. So I always knew I wanted to do it. Um, and then <clears throat> when I turned five, I got a quarter midget and I started racing that. And then when I was about 10, I switched to dirt and I ran open wheel two years because that's what my dad and my grandpa ran. They mostly ran open wheel. And so we tried that out and then we switched back to late models and I ran junior late models um, for two years and I won the championship in 2022 and or in 2020. And then um, now we're running late model stock and pro late models. You know, it, it's to me fascinating that more and more of, of folks like yourself that start with a passion is handed down from generation to generation. You've known nothing but motorsports your entire life. So how about the moment when you finally snared that first checkered flag and your dad, who had wheeled cars at Hickory during his driving career, got to witness that trip to victory lane? What was that like? Uh, it was a very special moment. Um, I got to have my whole family there. Um, and my best friend there when I won my first uh, limited light mile race at Hickory. So it was really cool. I'm glad they were all there and everything. It was a really special moment with me and my parents because I missed a lot um, that year because we've been traveling back and forth. You know, I'd go to North Carolina a lot. So I'm glad that all our work had paid off. Why North Carolina? Why? Why? I know you competed, I think, most recently a little bit closer to home at Berlin. You, you, you know, you're putting your toe in the water with some super late models what's what's the game plan Katie um well I want to get to NASCAR so there's a lot of race shops down in North Carolina Mooresville all that that's kind of like North Carolina is NASCAR right so we got hooked up with Lauren Rainier a couple of years ago and he helped us get with Matt Piercy and we started um, running down there and then Hickory is a very historic track and so we really wanted to try and get a win there to get my name out and then after we won my first limited late model race, that got my name out. And then I was the youngest female to win a late model stock race at Hickory. And so then that got my name out. Um, and now I'm the winningest female at Hickory. So it just was getting my name out there, trying to get more sponsors and everything um, and race at Hickory, the historic track. I'm interested in what the reception has been, not just at Hickory, but also when you network with those race shops, as you said, uh, let's face it, that area is the epicenter 
for everybody and anybody that even dreams of a career in NASCAR? Uh, well, it's been really good, actually. Um, at one race at Hickory, um, it was Memorial Race, and Dale Jr. was there with Josh Berry. So I got to meet him, and he came over to me because I got wrecked that race early on. So he came over to me, and he told me that he's had his eye on me and all this. And it's just crazy because, like, growing up, that was my dad's favorite driver and everything. So we always were, like, big Dale Jr. fans, and now he's telling me that he knows who I am. Um, so it's been pretty successful. Katie, a very young age, and you've already accomplished so much. We talk all the time about racecraft. When you look at your racecraft, where you are today, where do you think you want to focus in terms of improving that racecraft so that you can show the versatility, whether it's Hickory or Berlin or uh, or Irwindale, whatever may be on your hit list in the future? Um, I think just broadening what I drive and everything, you know, um, we've been doing some go-kart testing. Um, we're going to test a Trans Am car next week and all these different things. So just because you look at NASCAR and that's what the schedule is now. One third of it is um, road courses. They got some dirt on there and everything. So now we're just trying to make sure I get um, testing with a little bit of everything. You, you mentioned that you got hooked up with Lauren Rainier. I was hooked up with his dad, with JT Lundy and Harry, the late great Harry Rainier back in the Cale Yarborough days. Lauren has been instrumental in, in moving a lot of folks like you up to, shall I say, the big time. Having someone like that in your corner, what does that mean to you as you set your sights very, very high? It helps a lot. Um, Lauren knows a lot of people. You can ask him for somebody's phone number and he, he will give it to you. So it helps a lot having him um, helping work with me and everything. He sets up a lot of meetings with us, you know, just tells everybody about me. And it's good to know that he's on our side and helping us, um, helping me get my dream come true. You know, I've been very fortunate in the two years that I've been hosting Wind Tunnel, Raja Caruth, Isabella robusto that you race against at hickory there are so many young people that now feel that uh, the pathway has been paved to climb to the top uh, and yet i talk about this all the time this is the 50th anniversary of women in sports thanks to title nine is 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 the glass ceiling been shattered is it a case where you know females such as yourself katie have a, have an equal opportunity uh, or or is there still some work that needs to be done in terms of gender equity? Um, I think that now just with females, there maybe are some gimmicks in our sport. And so I think really what females need right now is to show results. So me winning a bunch of races at Hickory, that is helping. So now we are getting more opportunities and people are talking to us and calling Warren about me just because you can be a female in racing, like that's already a big deal. But if you want to make it, you got to be a female in racing who has like who shows good results and wins. So I think that there's still maybe um, some boundaries we have to break still. But I think we definitely are getting there. All of these drivers in the 21st century, they have to bring more than just their helmet. Uh, you have to have a social media following getting a handle on how to get your name out. So what does Katie Hettinger do in the, in the social media platforms that, you know, would, would, would enhance her reputation 
when you go visit with Dale Jr. or some of the other race teams in, in trying to secure, whether it's a truck ride, a one-off, an Xfinity, you name it? Um, well, my parents help me out a lot with my social media. I usually do the posts and everything like that um, myself because they always want everything to come from me. Um, but they definitely ha help a lot when I'm making sure I'm saying the right thing. So if I'm not happy with a performance in a race or something like that, they help me make sure I'm still positive. So then if a truck team wants to go and they make sure that I'm not negative on social media or anything like that. So just making sure that I keep everything appropriate on my social medias and everything like that. What What do your friends say about what you do? Um, well, I live in a small town, Almont, Michigan. So I go to a really small high school. And so everybody knows I drive race cars. Pretty much the whole the whole town follows my racing account. And it's all really cool because they're all supportive. Every time we have like a block party in town or something, everybody's asking if I can bring the race car, stuff like that. And they're all really supportive of it. A lot of my friends watch my races on TV when I race and all that. So they're all very supportive of my racing. You know, besides your racing, um, we we uh, made this and scheduled this little get together, this interview for this episode. But I had to wait a couple of days because you fulfilled a family tradition by uh, going fly fishing. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So we went to Canada last week for the week because. We went to this place called Pine Portage, which my grandpa went to um, when he was my age 60 years ago. And so he brought me, my sister and my mom up there. And it was really cool because he had to fly this little seaplane in to get there. And I caught a 32 inch pike, northern pike. So it was like huge. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun for me to get to know you, Katie. And uh, nothing but success lies in front of you. You've got a good team. You've got a great family. And uh, I appreciate you taking a victory lap here on our Advanced Auto Parts Victory Lap as one of the short track aces in uh, 2023. Good luck. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Advanced Auto Parts Victory Lap, brought to you by the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series, driving local racing in local communities forward. Hey, car lovers, at Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one. This is how we advance. It's season two of your source for racing across America. It's Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel. Here's your Wind Tunnel host, Jackaroot. Well, he is making his very first appearance inside the Wind Tunnel. But any of you that have listened to me on my podcast or when I fill in on Sirius XM know that I am a huge proponent for the business model that Toyota has utilized to develop racing talent right straight through from midgets on up to late models, you name it. And the guy that's in charge of all of it joins me now, David Wilson, David, it's, it's just absolutely astonishing how when TRD came in and came up with that, that idea of let's, let's foster this talent at a very young age 
and bring them up through the ranks and equip them not just with seat time, but also with the necessities that today's racing profession requires. How did that come about? Yeah, um, obviously, uh, that, that's something that is very uh, important to Toyota, and, and we take very seriously, uh, Jack. The, the funny thing is, and I, I tell this, this story uh, often, is that when we came into the sport, um, we, we were actually 180 out in the consideration of the role of a manufacturer as it pertained to driver development. And, and my um, uh, predecessor, you, you probably remember Lee White, but, but Lee, you know, Lee used to, to actually espouse that we had no business in driver development. And he would recite, you know, that, you know, you know, Jeff Gordon used to be a Ford guy and, and but the, the the basic the argument against it is the fact that we don't own racing teams right and 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 essentially um you can very easily find yourself in a position where you aren't able to find a seat for a driver as they're moving up the ladder and and so you know again for years that was kind of the way we um, responded, but then, and I'm not saying this is the only catalyst, but it certainly got our attention. And, and it happened to be this young man by the name of Kyle Larson. And, um, you know, we, we, uh, have always been, you know, uh, into grassroots racing and, and we, you know, developed this midget engine after we got into NASCAR, we took the cylinder head off of our, our truck engine and, and um and worked with with ed pink around the block and and we partnered with um you know some of the best talents from a team ownership and we've had we we, we've had so much fun and i I tell you what hands down if you give me a a choice where i'd where i'd rather be on any given weekend it'd be in the midwest you know at gas city or kokomo you know watching some some dirt racing right and we started uh getting involved and we partnered up with 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 keith coons and and keith is one of the has one of the finest eyes for talent and 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 lo and behold you know this kid kyle larson is just i mean we're like wow this this guy is special right and 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 i'll never forget um we invited him it was you know this kind of dates it because we invited him to chicagoland speedway the middle of the summer, you remember that that race, and we we took him around and introduced him to our teams. You know, this was back when we had Red Bull and Michael Waltrip racing, and and we didn't really know what we were doing other than uh, introducing him because we didn't have a plan. We didn't we didn't know what to ask for. We and and of course, um, one of my friends uh, by the name of Chip Ganassi. Um, recognized how talented he was and, and snapped him up and the rest is history, as they say. So, so that, that definitely like op- opened our eyes and got us to simply reconsider why we don't invest and why we don't put something together. And, and we have come full circle, uh, Jack and, 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 and candidly um, we, we believe what we're doing 
in, uh, in the space of driver development is, um, is part of our responsibility. We get so much from racing, from every form of racing. And, um, and, and, and this, this is part of how we give back. And I am perfectly fine with the fact that we'll arguably lose more drivers than we're able to keep. Um, but, but, but the sport still benefits. And, and what I, what I love about this is, you know, I'm walking down the grid and it, it seems like about a third of them we we've, we've raced with before and, you know, I hug it out with, with William Byron every time I see him and, you know, and, and Noah Grax and put my arm around him, the other, you know, and, and what happens is we build a relationship with these, with these young drivers they get to know who we are. And, and many of them, again, will be driving for a couple of decades. And who's to say that circumstances don't cause them one day to, to have an opportunity? And, and if they do have an opportunity, they know the type of people that we are. They know the type of program that we run. And, and so it's, it may not have an immediate payoff. But I think it's a it's a solid investment, and um, and then you consider like I, I equate it sometimes to diamond mining, right? Um, all you really need is to find one good sized diamond to rationalize that investment. Well, we have a a young man by the name of Christopher Bell who, again, Keith Coons started midgets. We helped him into you know got him onto asphalt did the late models, did, you know, went through the ladder, you know, truck, uh, a truck championship, the Xfinity near championship. And, and, um, and he's doing some pretty special things, obviously at the cup level. Let me fast forward. I don't mean to, to neglect or not pay attention to the history from that point forward, but look, you know, I've been involved in this craziness since I was a teenager and, and in broadcasting for 50 years, I can honestly say that my observations on the outside is this is the very, very first time that NASCAR has assembled the OEMs, the owners, the drivers, fan advisory boards, every conceivable uh, stakeholder that might have an interest in NASCAR and said, all right, let's all sit down at the table. Let's check our individual wants at the door and let's design a race car. How how exhilarating was that for you and your team? Because all of a sudden you didn't have to worry that maybe there was something proprietary that you had to cover up. And it struck me that in the process, every single OEM left it at the door and looked at it from a big picture perspective. Yeah. So you really that that's that first starts with a culture change that has occurred within the NASCAR uh, family and, and, and Jim France's leadership, because Jack, you well remember the old quote, quote, old NASCAR, right? It, it was, as we call it, a benevolent dictatorship. Um, when we came in the sport, it, we were, we were, um, it was very clear who was in charge and, and that we needed them. They didn't need, I mean, it was to the point of, of, uh, ridiculousness, honestly, and uh, 
and in those first couple of years, I had, you know, I, 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 I built a relationship, real, real good relationship with Steve O'Donnell. And because um, I, I had just, just fundamentally from, we're, we're a relationship organization. That's kind of our culture. And I just found it um, really disheartening that we, that we couldn't have a, a partnership, right? We're spending a tremendous amount of money and, and this should be a partnership. And we, 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 we actually, um, I think, spurred NASCAR to form the first council, and it was the OEM council. And it's a business-like meeting wherein we discuss things, issues that are important to us as manufacturers, as stakeholders, and NASCAR responds in a business-like manner. Um, prior to that, I used to call it business by taking Robin Pemberton to lunch. You know, <laughs> and and it was influence peddling, and and uh, and so just you know the the, the business like manner in which the sport operates is encouraging. It brings a level of credibility. They are a professional sports league, and um, and now they're they're acting like it. So when you know the the example that you referenced, Jack is is one of the most revolutionary um, products of this um, environment of, of the new NASCAR, because it, 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 it did take all of the stakeholders to, to hold hands. And it took each of us to set aside our personal interests. And, and here, here, let me, let me, let me be clear. It wasn't a slam dunk. We had some, some, heated conversations um you know for for toyota for example and, and and you talked about our business model how we're engaged in the sport you know trd um you know i i say all the time we we get our hands dirty we're we're in the trenches with our teams um we want to have some ownership of this we want to learn from it and and signing up for this new car meant that we were also going to marginalize a lot of the technologies that we're invested in and 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 that we're you know the box that we have to to play in you know the sandbox becomes smaller and and that's kind of counter to what we like to do but we also uh, ultimately recognize that if we did not do something revolutionary not evolutionary then our sport was on borrowed time when 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 a guy like when when a championship team like furniture row racing um martin tricks jr the 2017 championship and the next year they're out of the they're out of business because because it's not viable and uh and and so i'm i'm really uh tremendously proud of of the entire industry for 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 getting, you know, in lockstep and, and look, my gosh, look what it's produced. Look at the product that's on the racetrack. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Which leads me, David, because we have still one missing piece and I'm just gonna, and I know I'm not being totally accurate, but when your group unveils this so-called next gen engine package, <clears throat> we have been led to believe that there'll be some sort of, hybrid to mirror what all of us are now 
looking and searching for in our passenger car. Does that open the door to creativity again for the individual OEMs? I mean, I know there's going to be a set group of parameters, but you've got a little bit more leeway when it comes to into developing that, do you not? Well, y- you you did hit it on the head. The, the next, you know, if, if this were a game of, uh, were a game of whack-a-mole, the next, the next mold we got to whack is, is, is the powertrain, right? And so um, for, for each of the OEMs, I think, you know, there are two pieces of IP that we, that we treasure the most. One are, are, are car bodies. You know, the car bodies are the express responsibility of the OEM and, and the styling that we put into it and working hand in hand with our, with our um, OEM uh, design center, Kelty Design, on, on the, the styling of our, our Camry TRD. Um, the, the second piece is the engine. That is our engine. Every one of those engines is built in Costa Mesa, California, shipped cross country. We um, we take a tremendous amount of pride um, in in that. But but we are still racing an architecture that dates back to the '60s. Um, yes, it has fuel. It has a, a 1980s era fuel injection system on it, and um, and in a perfect world, you know, we're, we're auto racing and the product on track. We'd like to have, you know, more relevancy. Um, one of the selling points of, of the next gen car was, was we, we have a more relevant uh, suspension, you know, for example, and steering and all of those things. So, so the engine kind of stands out as needing some attention. Here's the difficulty, Jack. It's, you know, it, it requires us uh, uh, once again holding hands and and and, and jumping off the, the cliff because you have, you know, you have all of this inventory, and 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 NASCAR, by and large, has done a good job of of again controlling the box, the size of the box that we have to play in, so we're not. It's not a complete arms race. It's still a bit of an arms race, um, but um, but there is there is always a cost to change. And in you know the next gen car, you know the payback isn't this year. This year the teams are actually spending more money because of course it's all new inventory. You know the payback happens over time when you can amortize that and 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 um, and you realize that so. Uh, so, so it's overcoming that obstacle, um, one, and then two, it's agreeing between us, the type of technology and, and, um, and, it, and if you read the, 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 you know, the front page of automotive news on occasion, you'll, you know, you'll understand that each of us have a little bit different philosophy as it pertains to carbon neutrality, which, which again, for automakers is regulated by, by the, the federal government. And they have cafe standards that you have to meet. And, and each of us are driving down a path, um, you know, towards carbon reduction. Um, how we get there is up to each of us. Um, from, from Toyota's perspective, we, we subscribe to, um, 
a portfolio approach. We we don't believe any single technology should be exclusive, and and we believe that ultimately our our consumers will decide what's right for them, whether it's hybrid, whether it's battery electric, whether it's hydrogen fuel cell, you know, um, and and so, you know, other manufacturers again feel differently. So we're we're in this process, this dance right now, Jack. We're in we're in we're we're trying to um, um, collectively agree on the direction, the technological direction that we take. Um, again, the, the, the neat thing is, is that, you know, Jim Campbell, Mark Rushbrook and I, um, can go out and have a beer and, and we can talk about our sport because we're, we're all in it for the same reason. Right. And we all need each other to be in it and we all need each other to be successful. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like that old Warner brothers cartoon, the sheep and the wolf dog or the sheep, the sheep and the wolf. Right. And, and, and they would, they would clock in each day and go tear each other's throat out. And then at the end of the day, they clock out and, and they go have a beer together. Right. And, and, and that's, that's the type of relationship we have with each other. We have a level of trust and mutual respect wherein, wherein we can sit down in a room together and, and, and hopefully find solutions that are going to benefit each of us. And then Sunday we go try and tear each other's throats out. <laughs> that's right because because it's time to go to work try Terrence because well, you checked in time to go to work and you you talk about that we're in the midst of uh just on the cusp of the playoff uh i i certainly believe that this is probably one of the most competitive seasons that nascar has ever entertained and i'm not talking exclusively cup i said from top to bottom and uh you know you've you've uh had to kind of herd some cats now and again when it comes to issues that have come up, but you've never strayed from the original commitment. So I, I ask you, what do you think will have to happen for when we get to Phoenix, you look down on those four cars that are going to compete for the title. And at the very least, one of them has a Toyota brand on it. Well, uh, first I'm, I'm incredibly proud to say that, we're the only manufacturer since this format started that has had at least one car to the final round in every single one. Um, one year we had three cars, but most years we have two cars. Most years we have a pretty good market share. And, and we start the, the top end of that funnel with the fewest cars every year because we, we, we have six cars on track. Our target this year was to put five of those six cars into the playoffs. Yeah. And, and we have, you know, what do we have now? Four, um, including Kurt. Uh, we still need to get Martin in to meet, meet our target. But what, you know, here's what it's going to take. Well, let's not discount Bubba. We got Daytona coming up too. No, no, no. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and, and forget about Daytona. Bubba can win. Um, on the road, you know, he, he almost won Michigan. He, um, man, I'm so proud of what he's doing. Um, but, but in, in order to see at least a one Toyota in that final race, Jack, um, here's what we have to, to do is we have to execute. Um, I'm, I'm, 
I'm thrilled that, you know, we've got the speed thing figured out and that's the hardest thing to do, but, but week in and week out, we come with cars that can win. We could, they can win races. And, 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 and there's one asterisk to that. Um, turning left and right has, has been a, a challenge to, to team Toyota. Um, and we do have that Charlotte Roval in the middle of the playoffs that we can have to overcome. But, but that aside, um, we're, we're showing some really good speed where, where we're not getting it done is just racecraft and execution. And, um, and that's cost us by my estimation of four to five races this year. Um, Michigan two weeks ago, Jack, I, I don't know that I've ever been angrier um, because, because we had to try and lose that race. It, we were so good. It actually took effort to find a way to lose that race. And we did. And uh, See, even, just... you're successful, Dave. You're even <laughs> successful in failure. All right. Yes. Check I, the I mean, box. I was, I, was, <laughs> I was so sarcastic afterwards, you know. Good way to go, guys. That I mean that that took effort. Um so so all kidding aside, we need to figure that out and and and, and I trust that we will and, and we're we're on it. And um and again, hopefully we'll see uh, at least one Toyota in Phoenix. David, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this visiting with you. And uh, I'm I've just always been infatuated by the business side of things. But more importantly, when I can hear from somebody that isn't just checking in or clocking in, but has an abiding passion for what he does. I've always said I've never had a real job in my life because I've lived my dream. And that's to, you know, love the world of sports. I get the sneaky suspicion you're in the same sort of situation. Amen, brother. Amen, Jack. And, and uh, of course, I've been a big fan of yours for, for, for many, many years. So love love what you've done in this space and love that you're still a part of it. So uh, thanks. Thanks for having me on today. That's David Wilson. We'll be back with more here on Wind Tunnel right after you listen to this. Hey, car lovers. At Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one. This is how we advance. That's it for this week. Many thanks to my guests, David Wilson of Toyota Racing Development, IndyCar driver Dalton Kellett, and short tracker Katie Ettinger. I hope that you enjoyed listening in as these three talked about the motorsports world. Remember, we'll be back again next week with another brand new episode. So I hope you'll join me then when I'll crank up the old wind tunnel yet again. And until then, I'm Jackaroot. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel. Wind Tunnel is brought to you by Advance Auto Parts the official auto parts retailer of NASCAR. Follow us on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And be sure to subscribe to Wind Tunnel's YouTube channel, where you'll discover bonus content. I'm Lenny Baticki of Performance Racing Networks at the Track Show, saying thank you for joining us today. See you again next week.